Our God is a missionary God, and we are His missionary people. You're listening to The Scent Life, the official podcast of the Center for Great Commission Studies at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. So today on The Scent Life is going to be a really exciting time. We're going to hear a story today when Anna comes in about a young man who's affiliated with Southeastern Seminary who... Uh, was a refugee, planted a church in a park, and so you'll look forward to hearing that a little bit later. Also, today on The Scent Life, we're going to talk about sharing the gospel with Muslims, with our Muslim neighbors. So join us on The Scent Life. We're glad that you're here. Well, welcome back this week for our Stories of the Scent Ones. And we welcome Anna back in our Scent Life studios. Anna, welcome. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Glad you're here. How's life in GTI? You know, we've got some exciting things happening this semester. Yeah, great. Yeah. Well, Anna, won't you talk to us a second about, uh, you know, we talk about stories of the Scent Ones, and we have told stories of people from the past, but we also have some stories of people that are doing things right now. Talk to us about some fresh stories, what's happening around the world with those that are sent. Sure, I'd love to. So... Uh, we often do some work in with folks who are from Central Asia. Okay. I'm going to keep this kind of broad of course, because for security for reasons. Security reasons. Right. But uh, so we work with some folks in Central Asia, and one of them we're going to call Mario for okay. this particular episode. Right. And he was a refugee, so he left his country and went to Germany, wow. where he heard the gospel message and came to faith in Christ. Hmm. Um, his life as a refugee had some issues, and he ended up having to relocate to France. So after many months, um, one of our missionary teams connected with him and found out that he was actually growing in his faith. Oh. Uh, his experiences in France had been quite challenging. For about six months, he had been homeless, yet he still shared his faith, and he actually began a small church that met in a local park when weather permitted. Wait a minute. They had a, had a church planting outside in a park. They did. In, in France. In France. Yes. Amazing. Isn't that crazy? What a great story. I love it. So uh, one of the teams that was working with him introduced him to um, some theological education opportunities that are online and free. Mm. And he used that to prepare himself each week to provide a sermon and to offer discipleship to this fledgling church. Um, the next summer, mm-hmm. a team from our school mm-hmm. uh, actually sent a trip to work with a group of volunteers, and they visited with him, okay. and they enjoyed a joint worship time with this church. Still in the park? I, you know, I don't know the answer okay. to that question. Okay. Um, but there were at least 20 people from Central Asia wow. that were meeting there and had gathered, and Mario uh, has now partnered with a local French church and is leading this church full-time. Wow. Um, and last fall, just to give kind of a... Sure a bow tie on this. They actually baptized nine new believers and had more than 70 people gather. What a great story. Isn't that fun? Yeah, we think about what God's (laughs) doing around the world, and we never think about a refugee from a Central Asian country who bounces around Europe to try to find some security, and then God places him in a park to plant a church. And not only did he place him in that park, he brought all those other people who needed to hear the Word of God and they've been able to gather together and worship God together. Amen. What a great story. What a great story. Hey, look, you those of you who are listening, want to encourage you to first think of Mario in your prayers. Uh, that church is still going. Uh, those people are still worshiping and growing and reaching people. But also, let's be encouraged, right? There's not anything that happens in our life. It may seem like everything is disrupted, but it might just be that God's picked us up and dropped us right where he wants us to be. It's true. There's often times where we think of missions has to come from an overflowing of resources. Yep. 
But I think stories like Mario's show that God can use anyone in any socioeconomic status to be part of his mission. That's great. Anna, thanks for being here. Look forward to you coming back next week and bring us another great story. I'll try. Thanks. Thanks. See you then. Hey there, welcome to The Scent Life. Today in The Scent Life studio, it's me and Nathan. Uh, Nathan, welcome in. Thank you so much. Nathan is on this side of the microphone. Normally he's on the other side of the microphone making sure that uh, we sound relatively intelligent and clean. Uh, But today Nathan's with us to really continue a conversation we started Mm -hmm. several weeks ago, several podcasts ago. We did a, a special podcast called Citizens of Nowhere, which was a story, basically Nathan's story, uh, of how he came to faith in Christ, but also uh, his journey as a refugee from uh, from his home country through several other countries and then finally landing in the United States. And in that, we were really uh, talking about the role of the church in ministering to the refugee. And the real focus was that people are citizens of any country, uh, but when they finally get here, what can the church do? Yeah. Yeah. And so today we want to take it a step further. Nathan, one of the questions that we've gotten Mm-hmm. Uh, is okay. I see that um, uh, that I can uh, be welcoming, hospitable to refugees. I can welcome them in. But now that I have some refugees in my neighborhood, maybe my church has opened its doors, and now some folks from Afghanistan, yeah. uh, specifically, but maybe other places as well, are now here. Sure. That leads us to the second question, which is: So now, what do I do? Right? How do I? How can I share the gospel with? Mm-hmm. Uh, with my Muslim friends or new friends, or how do we, how do we talk about Jesus with people mm-hmm. who come from the Muslim faith? And so, uh, Nathan and I are going to continue that conversation today, kind of part two. But but even part one, you know, we can if you didn't listen to the previous podcast, you can listen to this one. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about sharing the gospel uh, with uh, with Muslim neighbors, and then you can go back and listen to our podcast on a citizen from nowhere about how to minister specifically to. Uh, to refugees. And so, Nathan, I think it's important that we that we really hit both sides of this conversation, yeah. right? On the one hand, uh, we want to be kind, we want to be considerate, we want to be, mm-hmm. um, you know, nice to people and, and hospitable to people, anyone, yeah. especially to refugees. But if that's all that we do as Christians, we've kind of come up short, haven't we? There's more to it than exactly. just being nice, right? Exactly. Yeah, sure. Thanks so much for bringing this very important topic, Scott, today. You know, from my own personal experience right. and also my studies on how to share the gospel with the Muslims, right. I just came up to a couple of very important practical points that I just I was taking note today sure, sure. to prepare myself for this sure. podcast. And I was thinking, Lord, help us understand that how we can approach these uh, people that really they need you, right? And especially the refugee ones that are sure. in a, a new place right. with no uh, maybe friends, no families, and full of fear sometimes. And uh, the other day, I met one of the Afghan refugees, actually, in here in uh, Raleigh mm-hmm. uh, area. And then I asked the the guy, the father of the family, that what are you doing these days? Hmm. Or just he he was he was kind of sad, but he said nothing. Just um, I'm here in front of the house most of the time with my kids, and they are just playing around with themselves. And I was like, oh gosh, that's gonna be hard. Yeah. And uh, so as my First point today, I really want us to know that the first thing that our Muslim friends here, especially the refugees, Mm. 
they need friendship. Yeah. They need us sure. to care for them, to be friends, and simply fellowship. Okay. And also, our it, they can be also our Muslim neighbors. Mm. That the first thing that, or the first step that I want to take to approach them to share the gospel with them is just fellowship, just friendship. Yeah. You can invite them, invite them. You can spend time with them, go to a game with them, or your kids can play with their kids yeah. just to gain trust and just show them that you care for them. So that's one of the best sure. thing that you can approach them to find opportunity to share the gospel with them. Yeah, I think that's, that's important. So to be clear, your story you were already a Christian when you came to the United States as a refugee. Correct. So you didn't come as a Muslim yeah. uh, and then become a Christian here. You w- grew up as a Muslim, mm-hmm. but you became a Christian in your home country. Yes. And that's why you had to leave. Exactly. Uh, and so th- th- it's a little bit different for the refugee mm-hmm. uh, who's here. But to your point, there's a uh, there's an opportunity for just genuine hospitality mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. being uh, being nice, being kind. Uh, people are new in our community. They're new in our churches. Uh, many of us have busy lives, right? We have yeah. we have lunches planned. We have our kids are going to the ball game. We've got all these things that we're doing. And so inviting other people into our lives who are new in our neighborhood, who are looking for friends, mm-hmm. would be a great opportunity uh, to just be hospitable, right? Exactly. Hospitality um, is uh, often a lost art mm-hmm. in the United States, but uh, among Muslims specifically, uh, hospitality is is a big part of life, isn't yeah, it? It is. It is, especially the people that are coming from the regions like Middle East or uh, from Iran, where I was born. Uh, hospitality is huge, so it really it really matters when you you are hospitable and you show them the love of Christ. And also to be a good host, you sometimes you also need to do a little bit of research. Uh, I, I'm sure I'm sure that you have lots of experiences in this area. Right. But if you if you want to invite a Muslim, I had one of my friends the other day said, Nathan, can I invite one of the Muslim families and cook some barbecue for them? I was like, Oh, oh wait, wait. <laughs> you need to know that most of Muslim people don't don't eat pork, so that's right. really important to barbecue some maybe beef or okay. chicken. Sure. So you know these kind of maybe small uh, but important um, parts of these fellowship that you need to be aware of. Yeah, let's talk so, really quickly about that. Mm-hmm. So, because I think that's right. I think most people would like to uh, like to think of ourselves as hospi- hospitable when we make the time, but there is a, a little bit of fear, yeah. right, on the part of most uh, most Americans of, I, you know, I wouldn't be nice, but man, I sure wouldn't want to offend mm-hmm. someone or yep. um, uh, unnecessarily hurt someone. So what would be, what would be two or three, four just real tips for hospitality mm-hmm. that you might would give uh, those who are who are just normal Americans, Westerners, sure. for inviting Muslims into our home or being friends with them. You've mentioned one. Let's just don't mm-hmm. serve pork, right? Mm-hmm. So no uh, bacon-wrapped mm-hmm. uh, green beans or <laughs> sure. uh, pork barbecue or anything like that. So pork is clear. Alcohol, mm-hmm. um, you know, Muslims don't drink alcohol. Most Christians in America mm-hmm. don't. Some do, but that's that's beside. But we don't want to be serving alcohol sure. or or pork uh, with that. But what are some other uh, some other hospitality mm-hmm. tips that you mm-hmm. might give, or maybe ways that we might accidentally offend someone? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but we want to make sure that we avoid those. Sure. I highly recommend researching about that specific culture before inviting that those people into your house. So let's say you want to invite some Iranians in your 
to your house right. or Afghans, I, I would go and research on their traditions, the, the way that they um, hold parties or they offer offer food or eat food or um, you mentioned uh, pork or even even how to greet them. So the Muslim people usually, they, you know, men don't shake with women. Mm. So I, I should know these things. Or simply, I, I really highly recommend to ask them, like, do you eat pork? Because some of the Muslim, honestly, they, they eat pork. Okay. They, they don't have any problem with that. I used to eat it. Now I love it. So <laughs> <laughs> barbecue is one of my favorites. So, okay. so it, it depends. You need to ask people. So just ask them about the food, about their interest, what they love, what they maybe don't like. And so then, do you mean it's okay if I invite my Muslim neighbor and I say, hey, look, is there anything you don't eat? I can, I'm allowed oh, yeah, to ask sure. that question. Definitely, definitely. Okay. They may they may say, no, uh, let's have beef and it's of pork. Or, yeah, no, I, I love it, man. Let's barbecue some pork. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. And so then you talked about uh, the difference between men and women. Mm-hmm. You know, men shouldn't touch another mm-hmm. woman, shake hands, hug, or vice versa. Exactly. So even though— uh, in the South, you know, we think it's really nice. We hug everyone or shake everyone's sure. hand. This is something we ought to avoid sure. uh, as well. Anything else that you would think maybe would it be accidentally offensive, something that we should should avoid as a Westerner? In some of the Middle Eastern countries, you need to actually bring the food to them or offer them. Or you can't just say, okay, help yourself. Okay. Sometimes they're shy and they don't. maybe they don't eat enough food or they're... Um, just waiting for you to somehow offer it to them. Okay. There are these small things, and I understand. It, it, I don't want to say that, okay, my American friends, this is really hard. No, it's not. It's just a matter of asking questions, getting to know each other, and have enough time to just ask them that, tell me about your traditions, okay. tell me about your culture, just get to know them. That That's simple. Yeah, that'd be good. And if you're going to do uh, a, a special event, it may be helpful to explain I oh, took yeah. you to a baseball game. Exactly. <laughs> now I'm a fan. <laughs> now he's a fan of baseball. The first time I ever took Nathan yeah. uh, to an American baseball game, we had to start from this is the diamond, but it's not a real diamond, yeah. and this is a this is a strike, and this strike. is a ball, but it's not the ball that you throw. It's the ball that's not a strike. It got very complicated, <laughs> but by the end of the game, Nathan was a huge fan. So yeah, just explain it. some things. Just mm-hmm. be nice and hospitable. But the bottom line, I think you and I would both agree, is we shouldn't let the fear of offending someone mm-hmm. stop us from being hospitable, oh, yes. right? Exactly. That that's that's why we need to uh, take first step, invite them, and don't be afraid. Just ask questions. That's great. So yeah. So now we've talked about that, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, we we've talked about uh, in the first podcast just about being being hospitable, open, welcoming. Yeah. Uh, the beginnings of this podcast, hospitality, not offending. Mm-hmm. But really, at the end of the day, um, we don't want to let those important mm-hmm. points distract us from really what's more important, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that is uh, sharing the gospel mm-hmm. with people. What I think what we can understand is that it's altogether possible that God and his great wisdom and great mm-hmm. sovereignty has brought people into our neighborhoods, into our churches, or in our apartment complexes who come from countries where they wouldn't have a free Mm -hmm. opportunity to talk about Jesus or to read the Bible Mm -hmm. or to even know a Christian who wasn't secretly a Christian. But here, everything is open. We've been given the freedom, and so God has brought people here. So we want to talk now Mm -hmm. about just how can we actually share the gospel of Jesus Mm -hmm. 
in a, in a way that is winsome, in a way that is accurate, in a way that uh, that invites a response to mm-hmm. somebody who's a Muslim. So I want to let you mm-hmm. kind of take the majority of this conversation as, as one who who used to be a Muslim and you became a Christian, and and maybe talk a little about what led you to do that. Mm-hmm. But what are some other tips that you would give Westerners for uh, for helping? Muslims understand the gospel and helping Muslims understand the free gift that's available in Jesus for salvation. Uh, Again, you don't have to be an expert in Islam. Mm -hmm. That's not what Mm -hmm. we're asking, right? Just be an expert in Christianity and share. So why don't you just take Mm -hmm. some time and just talk about as a a former Muslim who's become a Christian, what uh, what are some important elements of sharing the gospel with our Muslim neighbors would Mm be? Sure. You don't have to be a... Islam expert, why? Because we're not here to point out to Islam's problems. Okay. We're, and also, we are not selling a Christian product. We are talking about the most amazing story of all times. We are talking about our own story. So always I, I tell my friends that, please, don't treat in a way that your Muslim friends feel that you have them for a dinner to convert them. Mm. So that's why we, we built a relationship first. Okay. So when you gain trust, when you have that uh, great friendship and fellowship, then you start with your own story. Just simply, I, sometimes I uh, tell my Muslim friends that, you know, you know why I have peace right now? Mm. Or you know why I'm like this? Because sometimes they ask me, Nathan, why, why you're like this? Mm. What's the reason behind that? And then I, I take that opportunity um, quickly, and then I explain that this is my story. This is my story that I really treasure in my heart, and uh, I just wanted to um, let you know that I I got this, and I really want to share it with you. And then uh, I really actually love one of our podcasts that we recorded um, a couple of weeks ago with Dr. George, George Robinson, mm. that how you tell the story. Mm. So then after my personal story, I just start to sharing the the story, the creation, what happened about the fall, about the coming of Christ, and then Christ that died on the cross for me, and then about his resurrection. And, you know, our our Muslim friends needs to know the reason behind these things, mm. why Christ should come and die for me. Mm. Because Quran for sure, says a different thing. Okay. So you need to take time and explain these things. I always tell our online church people in Iran that you need to share the gospel in a complete way. Sometimes they say, do we have an incomplete way? I say, <laughs> yes, we do. I'm not here just um, to tell you, my Muslim friends, that Jesus is Lord and he just died for me and he rose again and that's it. Mm. No, you need to explain. You need to open your Bible, go to the first book and explain what happened and why Jesus should come for me and die for me. And then after that, share your personal story. And they, it really worked for me. Yeah. And I'm here to tell you that this this is a precious thing that I'm, I'm here to share with you. Yeah. I so, think that's important, right? Mm-hmm. Because um, uh, I think it's important for us to realize that uh, in the Quran— there is already a story about Moses. There's already a story exactly. about about Jesus. Yeah, creation. Creation mm-hmm. is there. But the, the biblical story, the Christian story, is different. Mm-hmm. And so we as Christians need to be to take the time, is what you're saying, to yeah. point out what the Bible teaches, not what the Quran teaches, what the Bible teaches, exactly. so that 
the people we're talking to will understand. They, mm-hmm. they won't confuse the mm-hmm. two events. In the Quran, Jesus didn't die on the mm-hmm. cross for our sins. But there is a man in the Quran who's named Jesus, mm-hmm. so we need to make sure that we differentiate between the fact that uh, that that Jesus came, that he lived, yeah. that he died, that he yeah. rose again. This is the story that we're telling. So I think that's a great point, mm-hmm. is not to not to, to be incomplete. Take our time. Yeah. It doesn't have to be one conversation. We can tell oh, our yeah. testimony and mm-hmm. can go can go beyond it. So that's great. So S- sometimes it takes several months. Mm-hmm. I had this experience in Iran uh, that we had our Muslim friends and many conversations mm. and just prayer, worshiping God together. They ask, and, and it, it comes to my third point. So first fellowship, second start with your own story and explain their story to them. And then third, let them ask questions mm. because for sure they have many questions mm. about a very important um, uh, differences that we have in our theology. For instance, uh, Jesus deity or uh, the Trinity. These are huge topics to Muslims. So I need to take time to explain all these things and pray and love them. So, um, but the fourth one is, is we're talking about Bible. The Word of God has power. Mm. So just give them the precious gift. Mm. You give mean literally them, give them a Bible? Give them a Bible. Look for an opportunity. Christmas is coming. Yeah. For instance, in Christmas, just uh, give a Bible as a gift to your neighbor. Say, Merry Christmas. This is a gift from me. This is Bible. And I'm sure that they will respect that because m- m- most Muslims uh, believe that uh, Bible is from God. Mm. It's a holy book, and they respect that. Mm-hmm. So that's a huge opportunity for all of us to share the gospel with them and then just uh, let the, the Holy Spirit touch them through that word. That's a great point. Um, that uh, we might think that if we give a Bible, it would be disrespectful, mm-hmm. and we would be afraid to do that. But what you're saying is that it would be received as a as an honored gift. If at Christmas I wrap up a For Bible sure. and give it and say, hey, this book means a lot to me. It's mm-hmm. a special gift. I'd like you to have a copy of this. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, sometimes some, some of my Christian friends ask me, Nathan, how about if they— give us a Quran back as a gift. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's fine. Just Take receive it. it. Take right. it and respect them. Right. It, by, by this, you're not telling that I believe those words. Good. But I'm, I'm going to the fifth one. Mm-hmm. Ask them how you can pray for them. Mm. The majority of our Muslim friends, they love prayer. Mm. They treasure it. They accept it with open arms and give you prayer requests. Mm. And then just simply... Uh, ask them how I can pray for you, and then pray for them. Pray for them not only for their <laughs> salvation, but for any prayer request yeah, that they have. Right. And I'm sure that God will use this opportunity mm. to do even miracles in their lives because I witnessed it many wow. times that many miracle m- miracles happened because we prayed for our Muslims, uh, Muslim friends, and then they came back to us and then said something like, Nathan, thank you so much for praying for, for me. Jesus did this for me, and now I started to believe. Now I'm reading mm. my Bible more seriously. And so just pray for them. Prayer yeah. has an amazing, amazing power. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, we invite people over, we give them a Bible uh, at Christmas, and then ask, hey, how can I pray for you? I pray, I talk to God, uh, I believe that God hears my prayers, mm-hmm. God answers my prayers. What can I talk to God about for you? Exactly. And then do that, right? If it's, yeah. it's healing, if it's a job, if it's money, if it's food, whatever. And then when God answers those prayers, we check back. Hey, I've been praying for you. Do you have any updates? What a 
what an awesome way to convince somebody of the mm-hmm. truthfulness of the gospel exactly. than that the God of the universe hears your prayers and answers them, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And then as we, we are building this trust, uh, as my sixth point, just invite them to your church or a small group. Mm. Let them see how you worship your God. Let them see uh, the, the fellowship of Christians. Show them the, them the love of Christ. And then one very important point, please don't start a meeting uh, that you have your uh, Muslim fr- friends, especially for the first time, with theological debates from Islam <laughs> and Christianity. Right. Just start praying. Just start worshiping God. Let the Holy Spirit do his job, mm. and then I will uh, share my story and then the gospel and then the sermon, and we have lots of time. So start with prayer and worshiping God. And as my uh, last point, mm-hmm. Scott, today, I really want to encourage our friends here to in, to continue share the gospel in action with mm. their deeds, with love, with care about our Muslim neighbors, because they need to see the difference. Mm. Okay, they need to see if Nathan th- says that my God is love, Jesus is love. They need to see this love in my actions, in my deeds. So that was my last point. I really hope that we can just think about these points. And pray that God use all of us to save these amazing people. That'd be great. Yeah, what a great, great testament. I so appreciate you taking time, again, from a different viewpoint, right? You grew up in an Mm -hmm. Islamic context. You became a Christian, and now you're able to look back. God's given you such a heart and an opportunity uh, to share Jesus with people. And again, we we believe that, that God is a missionary God. Amen. Sometimes he sends us to the people who need to hear. Mm Mm-hmm. But sometimes he brings the people to us yes. that he wants us to tell about Jesus. And we know that people don't accidentally become Christians, mm-hmm. right? They become Christians because they put their faith in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that the only way that a person can do that is if we tell them. The Bible's very yeah. clear. You know, those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him mm-hmm. that they've not heard? Yeah. And how can they hear without a preacher? And God's placed us in the position to be the preacher who who shares the gospel who who with those who need to hear it. Exactly. We don't have to rush, mm-hmm. right? If God brought them from Afghanistan or Iran or wherever to the United States, he's already done a lot of work yes. to get them here, right? Yeah. So there's no reason to rush and think at one dinner I need to cover everything. I can exactly. take take my time, answer the questions, deal with the with the concerns along the way, uh, and then let God let God use that to to explain so people can hear and can be saved, right? Amen, amen. Man, thanks so much for being with us today on The Scent Life. What a great opportunity we have of serving our Lord uh, in this world today. God's given us so many opportunities uh, to share the gospel with those around him. And we hope that you find this podcast helpful uh, as you uh, hopefully are are seeing in your neighborhood, your apartment complex, through your church, people who are coming into your communities Uh, from Islamic uh, backgrounds. Maybe they've grown up in America as an American Muslim, Mm -hmm. or maybe they've come as refugees here. But at any rate, uh, we want to see this as an opportunity to tell them about Jesus. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of The Scent Life. We appreciate you joining us. Like always, if you like this podcast, please share it with other people and use it uh, as a way uh, to extend not only the ministry of The Scent Life, but also uh, to extend the ministry of the gospel around the world. Thanks so much for joining us.